Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. Well, you got to give Jeff Allen credit for doing what he was told to do, right? I mean, he was just told to hire the best, and here we are. I mean, no, it was hire the worst. That's right. Hire the worst. Here and he was also told, Brad, yeah. on your regard, to hire yeah. a well-meaning elderly man. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, in many cases, that would be me. But when I'm standing next to you, I think, it, I think it's referring to you as my senior. So you were nothing if not a well-meaning elderly man, Brad. You know, when we get into John's top three, he normally talks about the state of Missouri and, you know, how all the things going on in Jefferson City and uh, congressional district races and all that kind of stuff. Today, once we get past John's top three, I think we have to address the national scene, which all the crazy stuff that happened yesterday. I mean, it was just like insanity. The Supreme Court, the the uh, investigator into all the documents at Biden's house, the Biden press conference last night. It's just like. Okay, this is the wheels are falling off. You know, I'm telling. I, I told I told a buddy of mine who texted me last night and said something to the effect of, "What are you doing up?" And because you know, I'm not, I'm not really a night owl, Brad. And I said, you know what? I'm treating myself before bed. I'm going to watch some of this Biden press conference to see if it was really as bad as I thought. And whew, we'll talk about it. Uh, man, it's just it's it's to the point where it's like, okay, this is really sad. But anyway, it is. Well, but but also, Brad, it's almost it's almost like. If you were to listen to Egbert and you were to listen to a guy on the show and the own the website that he invented and created, BJShow.co, it would be like if he missed that once in a while. You'd be like, oh, what's happening in this guy's brain, you know? I'm not exactly sure what you're saying there, John. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that again. I'm just saying that it would be like if you gave a BJShow.co promo and somehow you didn't get the domain right once in a while, you know? People would start saying, wow, time to put Brad out to pasture, you know? So I guess John's telling me I'm too old and I should be put out <laughs> to pasture. That's what he's saying. Well, you know, there comes a point in time, and I have to tell you, there's a guy that I know who um, I've d- done a lot of voice work from, has a beautiful voice. He's not from, he, originally from the Washington, Missouri area, but he moved, and he's, he has become a professional voice actor for years. And a very, very good-looking guy as well, too. Did a lot of TV stuff as well, too. And him and I had a conversation a couple of years ago, and he's up there in, I think he's probably in his upper 70s now. And he still sounds good, still sharp as a tack. You talk to him, I mean, he's just, you know, you'd think you're talking to somebody who's like 25 or 30 years old. And he told me a story once that when he was like in his mid-50s, he decided to record a segment of him just reading some copy. And he keeps that as like his reference copy. And, And if he plays that back someday and he says, okay, I'm not there anymore, he's done. In other words, the idea wow. being he knows that there's a point in his life when he will not be able to execute 
on his announcer voiceover skills, whatever you want to call it, as well as he was when he was in his 50s. And he's just going to hang it up. And mm-hmm. I guess it's the kind of thing you see that with athletes. Some sure. athletes know when it's time to hang up the cleats, so to speak. Others don't. Others, you know, fight the fact that they're not as good as they used to be and they still want to stay in the majors. They end up in the minors. Then they end up in Japan ball and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. It's sort of interesting. Okay, well, having said that, and Casey, what do you have to say about that? We're on our way to the number one. Oh, so that <laughs> means that we must be moving right along. So without further ado, here's John Combest with the top three. Casey, take it away. In third place, State Attorney General Andrew Bailey is moving forward on removing a county coroner from his office. Now you say, John. It's a county coroner. We don't even elect those in the St. Louis area. Who cares? Well, there's a, quite an interesting case. It turns out that the county coroner down in Cape Girardeau County has allegedly stolen property from dead people, knowingly entered the wrong cause of death for at least three people, failed to investigate some really sketchy deaths that happened down there. And so AG Andrew Bailey has the authority to go in and start the process to remove this county coroner. Now, Brad, what do you think this county coroner said in his defense? And if you don't know off the top of your head, I'm going to give you a hint. Well, first off, is, is in Cape Girardeau County, is he elected? Has, was he an he elect- is an elected official. Correct? So in other words, yes, he, he was elected by the people. Is that the reason that Bailey can get, get him out of there? Is the fact that he can essentially say, okay, you know, because you're an elected official, I can boot you if I want That's to? That's correct. And, and someone else takes, I believe it's the sheriff can take over those duties. Okay, I have no idea what he said. Okay, I'll give you a hint. This gentleman won a three-way primary in 2020 and became, wait for it, the first black elected official in Cape Girardeau County that was, that was a black Republican. So what do you think his defense is? Uh, it's racial. Yes. And when, reached by, and when reached by phone for comment, he said, and this is the killer quote of the day, no comments. I really think this is, I don't know if this is a racial issue or not, but no comment. So, which is by the def- by definition, if you say no comment, and then you say, I think it's a racial issue, but no comment, you've, you've really made a comment there. Well, you know, I guess this gets frustrating to me because of the fact that, that you see this on so many levels. And like, for example, I think... We'll talk about this a little bit later down the road, but I think a lot of people are starting to get worried about Biden being reelected because if he's in office and something happens, guess who becomes the president? And yeah, I you're exactly think, right. Kamala Harris. But yet people will say, well, no, hold on a minute now. Are you being discriminated? Are you discriminated against her because she's a black female? Well, technically, she's not a black female. She's a she's a. Indian. She's part half Indian. Correct? Indian and Jamaican. Is that what the two yeah, combinations? Yeah, that's exactly is? right. So, but she's a, so she's not so she's not technically black, but she identifies she identifies as black. I identify as as uh, as uh, Lauren Hutton. Did you know that? <laughs> wow, I didn't know that, Brad. I might need to sidle up a little closer to you. Our younger listeners will go, "Who's that?" Right? <laughs> okay. Now oh. the other thing, and and uh, just briefly tied to this, I would also point out that your friends at St. Louis Public Radio have a great piece that involves really your old neck of the woods around your area in Florissant. It turns out, Brad, that in, in about 200 years ago, Jesuits took three families from Maryland and brought them to Florissant, and they helped build the St. Stanislaus 
seminary, which I didn't know until the St. Louis Public Radio smartened me up about this. I'll, I'll cut to the chase. The descendants of these slaves say that SLU owes them up to $74 billion, Brad, because they've done the math and they've figured out what slave labor that SLU, that, that the Jesuits used, and descendants of those slaves are owed up to $74 billion with a B dollars, Brad. I saw that yesterday, and I thought to myself, okay, here we go. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, and, and by the way, my extreme bias here, of course, is that I am 1% Senegalese, so I'm going to do my dangdest to make sure that I prove that somehow my descendants were around the neighborhood of a Jesuit and might have might have volunteered some of their, or excuse me, not volunteered, might have uh, given some of their labor, their blood, sweat, and tears to help build St. Louis University. A lot of things I don't understand. Okay, Casey? Up a notch to number two. Number two. One of the proposed abortion petition ballot initiatives that was run by a, quote, Republican, unquote, has been dropped. A woman named Jamie Corley, who, is, who lives in University City, who identifies as a Republican, had proposed what she considered a, a moderate ballot initiative that would add exceptions to Missouri's pro-life laws. Now, this story is unique because if there's one thing that mainstream media loves, it's Republican butts. You know what I mean by that, Brad? Oh, yeah. yeah I know exactly what you're saying. So for folks who don't know, they love when you can go to somebody who says, I'm a Republican, but... I hate Donald Trump. Right. I'm a Republican, but I hate Missouri's pro-life laws. As opposed to the Democrats who normally, you know, if you're a Democrat, you agree with everything the Democrats say, no matter what. Right. Especially here in 2024. Right. So what's unique about this is that, and I'll give this woman credit, actually, because she said, and sarcasm aside, I think it would be really easy for this woman who got, by the way, a lot of flack from from the the most ardent pro-abortion people because they said she was a Republican plant. They said this woman was a was a sellout who was undermining women's rights. And this woman in, in her conversations with the media yesterday pointed out that she's willing to do whatever she needs to do after she drops her initiative to help advance pro-choice legislation. I think it would have really been tempting for her to after she had been dumped on by so many of these pro-abortion people, it would have been easy for her to be petulant, to fight back. So truly credit to her because in, in most cases, people like that would just seem to say, well, to heck with all you guys, I'm done. So she says she's going to help move this pro-choice amendment forward, help them, whatever, in their efforts to gather signatures. Well, once again, I've said it before and I'll say it again, like what's going on in Texas right now, okay? The Republicans... I say shoot themselves in the foot when they come up with these draconian measures about abortion to the point where if the doctor says to a woman, ma'am, you have a very complicated pregnancy, the baby is no longer viable, and the fact that that baby is still living inside of you could kill you, Mm -hmm. we need to have an abortion. And in Texas, they said, sorry, you can't do that. You right. know, I'm, and I'm, that turns away a lot of folks that consider themselves pro-life and Republican. Right, because of the fact that it's to the point where it's like, okay, there has to be a reasonable point when you can do that. I mean, like, for example, you have, I mean, let, let's take the situation. I, and, and this is maybe apples and oranges. But let's say I walk into a bar and there's a guy that is in the bar that I don't like. And I pull out a concealed carry gun that I have with me and I shoot the guy and I kill him. Okay, that's murder. But if I walk into the same bar 
and the guy pulls a gun on me, and I pull out my gun and shoot him and kill him, it's self-defense, right? Right, right. So There's an exception. Once again, it's the same outcome. I've killed a guy, but the there's a difference in the respect that I know people go like that's a terrible analogy. In the circumstance, I, I get what you're saying. Right, right, and I think that's what turns off. Uh, quite honestly, I think that's what turns off a lot of Republicans. And that's why you see the media focusing as much as they can. That's why NPR takes those stories from Texas and does whatever they can to elevate the profile of those stories. Right, and, because it shows the extremism of some forms of legislation. Right, and there, you know, there is. It's sort of like interesting. A year ago, right about this time, I interviewed Sean Hayes. And you know who Sean Hayes is. Yep. That's and right. Sean Hayes was a high flying banker, you know, from the time he was in his 20s and made literally hundreds of millions of dollars and became a very wealthy person. And, and then the economy collapsed in 2000, 2008 and he got involved and with some people he shouldn't have gotten involved with. Long story made short, he ends up in jail. Okay. He mm-hmm. comes out and he writes a book called The Gray, was it The Gray Area or something like that? In other words, the idea being that, that, most people live their life in the white area, not not racial, but the white area, meaning yep. like, you know, you're, you're, you, you live by the law, you're a good person, you don't cause any harm to anybody, and black the black area would be, you're a terrible person, you rob uh, little old ladies walking down the street, <laughs> you rob banks, you rape people, you kill people, you steal cars, that kind of stuff, but most of us live in the gray area. And and the interesting mm-hmm. thing for me is I've said this all along. Life is living in the gray area, you know, because yep. of the fact that most of us, if we say, well, I don't ever do that. Well, you know, it's just like, I'll give you a quick, a quick story. Okay. A lady that I worked with who ran WCBW, which was the precursor to Joy 99. Okay. One day she tells me a story. There's this convention called the, I think it's called the RBA, the Religious Broadcasters Association. And all the broadcasters that are, you know, do religious formats, contemporary Christian, spoken word, whatever they want to call it. If it's religion, they show up at this convention. And she says she's going to check in at this hotel, which is going to be the place where, you know, the convention's at and everybody's staying in the whole bit. And as she's in line, she hears her name. Hey, Linda, Linda. A guy from behind the counter comes out, and it turns out that this is a guy that she went to college with, and now he is the manager of this hotel. And so he's the head guy. Hey, you know what? Glad. I didn't know you were going to. I didn't know, you know, because he didn't know what she was into, that she was doing this religious broadcasting stuff the whole bit. So he says, hey, how about we have dinner tonight? It's on me. Let's get together and catch up. So they have dinner, and he tells the story about they have this convention every year at this bar. Or at this at this hotel, and the bar business is like zero. They don't sell any alcohol. The bar you can fire a ra- rock, you know, rocket off in the bar and not hit anybody. But the room service alcohol goes through the ceiling. You know, so in other I words, yeah. in other words, the religious people they're not going to be in the bar, you know, tipping brewskis or slamming down jacks. They're going to be in their room tipping brewskis and slamming down jacks because. That wouldn't be proper for them to be seen drinking. You know what I'm saying? I do. And, you know, and, and that goes to so much of our society is one of my favorite words of 2023 was performative. It's all the efforts that you see of people that are that are purely for show. And in, in this era, they're for social media or in your case, Brad, at that point, you want to perform as though, oh, I wouldn't be in a bar drinking alcohol. Of right. course not. Exactly. But behind closed doors, of course, they'll engage in that. Activity. Well, it was it was sort of like the crazy thing with what was it? His name Robert Kraft, the guy that owns the the um, um, 
uh, New England Patriots. Yeah. And he got gets arrested at, at a massage parlor, like in yeah. some creepy little neighborhood, something like this. Like, okay, now hold on a minute now. You are the guy that owns the New England Patriots, one of the storied franchises in the NFL. The guy's got money out the wazoo, you know, and to the point where what in the world was he doing in a Korean, you know, uh, essentially, you know, I mean, and let's be honest, it wasn't, there were massages going on, but there were more than massages going on. Right, I mean, right. what in the world's he doing there? You know, and God. Well, I think we know what he was doing. Well, yes, but the point being is like, why was he there? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I did. Well, unless I mean, now a therapist would say that he that he wanted to get caught, and he knew that he had to confront these issues at some point. So he engaged in risky behavior, knowing he would get caught. Wow, that's deep thought. <laughs> I think it's probably true. Is it? Really? Hey, speaking of deep, I have a Law and Order story at number one. Oh, you know what? We got to do. Hold it. I'm, we got to play I'm getting, Casey. I'm getting carried away. Okay. And now, the number one. As a follow-up to a story of the last couple days, the resolution, it appears, of the altercation that a protester had with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. Yeah. Guess what? Drum roll, Casey. Well, oh. Casey doesn't have a drum roll. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Neither the Jeff- number one. <laughs> the, neither Jefferson City Police nor Jay Ashcroft are going to press charges against the gentleman, and I use that term loosely, who is involved in an altercation slash disturbance with Jay Ashcroft. No charges, Brad. The man was detained but was never charged. And there's, you say, uh, you had it on your site. I didn't look at it, but there was a picture of this guy shoving Jay Ashcroft, correct? That's correct, yeah. Now, what's really interesting about this, Brad, is if you go, the the story today is from the Columbia, Missourian. There is no video that exists, as far as I've found, of the altercation. But the Columbia, Missourian took a collection of still photographs and pieced them together and put it on YouTube. It looks like you're watching the Zapruder film. What's it called, Zapruder or Zapruder? Zapruder, I always get that wrong. Yeah, Zapruder film. Right. Well, it's it's very slow frame rate is what you're saying. It's slow frame, correct. Right. Now, I will say... A different perspective on this shows that, and I could be wrong about this, but it looks like when when this guy gets when this guy approaches Jay or this guy you know not bumps into Jay or whatever happened, looks like Jay might have thrown an elbow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And it's hard to you know like when you're looking at frames, and you think of the difference that a quarter second or a half second could make, but. Looking at the, the, the way that Jay's arm is moving, so Jay appears to either be trying to get – like move this guy's arm away or something, or he's throwing an elbow. I don't know. I would suggest people go to my website today, click on the Columbia, Missourian link, and decide for themselves. Okay, which reminds me of something. Uh, when we start our second segment, our segment B um, – Remind me, I put it right down here, shoplifter. Let me tell the shoplifter story, okay? Oh, yes, okay. Which, which is interesting because of the fact that, that sort of along the same lines of that. Because let's be honest, Jay, can I, can I be really honest with you? I know you're a, you're please, a please fan be. of his. I think the guy looks like Neville Nerdly. You know what I mean? He's just, I do, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Like, let's, uh, I'll be a little bit more blunt. Think of the number of men that walked past this group of protesters and they chose Jay as a target. Right. He looks like an easy – he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to fight back. You know what I'm saying? You're right. He looks You're like right. the kind of guy that he's going you – know, if, you, if, you, if you gave him a shoulder, he'd go, I can't believe you did that. Leave me alone, you, you heathen. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? very inconsiderate. Right, right. <laughs> Whereas somebody like like Brian Nieves would have decked him, but that's a whole yeah, other story. Well, well Brian right. would be on charge for me. <laughs> right, right. Let's, okay. Let's be honest. 
Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?